gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's a liar. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch. If we're gonna date, you may have to defeat my 70 Alexis. You have 70 Alexis boyfriend? Cinematic Leap. Hi, and welcome to Cinematic Leap. A movie podcast where we apply six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week we'll watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, crew member within this pod's movie to choose our next movie. Rules are simple. Whoever chooses this pod's movie sits out selection. One of the remaining hosts then chooses an actor or crew member to take our cinematic leap with, leaving our final host to then choose the next movie. You can't choose an actor, crew member that has been chosen within the last six choices. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson. Whatever. And Glenn Greening. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, we lost Glenn. But, I mean, he did the password. That was the second password. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gentlemen, how are we? Yeah, good. Glenn? Yeah, not bad. That's all right. So we actually, well, we actually got to watch a movie together, mm. which was fun. We get to now do record it together, yep. which is again fun. Yes, indeed. And uh, you hadn't seen this, had you, Scott? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so we are this week. We are doing the 2010 romantic action comedy film. It's a lot tied. A lot, of, a lot genres, of genre there. A lot yeah. of genres tied into one. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It was directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, who also co-wrote and produced it, stars Michael Chera and Sarah? Chera. Sarah. Sarah. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, co-stars Kieran Culkin, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Alison Pill, and Jason Schwartzman. Had a budget of 60 to 85 million, made 49.3 million, so I'd say it's considered a flop. Mm, interesting. Um, Rotten Tomatoes 7.5 out of 10 IMDb 7.5 out of 10 And Metacritic 69 out of 100 Uh, Now, Michael, you chose the leaper, Bill Pope I did Why? Uh, Look, he's got a a fair bit of uh, cool movies behind him Um, The Matrix trilogy um, Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings Some Spider-Man, you know, at World's End Um... Army of Doctors, there's quite a few things that he could have actually really could have picked from um, that would have been amazing. Well, so you, From that list you just said, it's more like a list of things I won't pick. So it's like it just sort of <laughs> narrows it down. It's very easy to choose something. Hey, what, we've got an early contender for crimes against the podcast anyway. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, then we get Keanu. Yeah. But anyway. Glenn, you chose this movie, Scott Pilgrim yes. versus the World. Why? Because it was directed by Edgar Wright, who we've given two high scores to in our last two films, and I'm sick of getting low scores for my movies. I thought I'd try to get a good score for this mm. movie. I wonder if this one would be another one over 25. That'd be nice, but I don't know, Scott. You really are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know either, Glenn. Um I hadn't seen this, and I think I'm the only one who hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. 
So I went in, I had no, I knew realistically nothing about it, but as Glenn had said, we did watch a couple of Edgar Wright films, the last couple we've done, uh, and both have been really enjoyable. Mm. They're great films. Yes, awesome. they were. Both of those were great films. <laughs> what are you, are you hinting at something? No, this no, not, a not great at all. Film, no. Um, so yeah, so I went in with this, yeah, with open eyes and, and hope in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael, without further ado, throw to the trailer. Hey, what's up? I'll leave you alone forever now. You know this one girl with hair like this? Yes, that's Ramona Flowers. She's out of your league. You know her? Tell me now. She just moved here, got a job at Amazon. I have to order something really cool. Scott, are you waiting for the package you just ordered? Maybe. Scott Pilgrim? Hi, I was thinking about asking you out, but then I realized how stupid that would be. That's okay. You should just sign for this, all right? So do you want to go out sometime? I say yes, will you sign for your damn package? So yeah, 8 o'clock? Come to this Battle of the Bands thing. You have a band. Yeah, we're terrible. One, two, three, one! Mr. Pilgrim! I'm Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. What? Wait, we're fighting over Ramona? Didn't you get my email explaining the situation? I skimmed it. Mm-mm. What was that all about? If we're gonna date, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. So what you're saying is we are dating? I guess. Does that mean we can make out? Sure. Pilgrim! Prepare to feel the wrath of the League of Evil Exes. Ramona dated twins. At the same time. If you want something bad, you have to fight for it. Step up your game, Scott. Combo! Break out the L word. Lesbian? The other L word. Lesbians? What are you doing? Getting a life. You want to fight me for her? Why on earth would you want to do that? Because I'm in love with her. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Maybe next time we don't date the girl with 11 evil ex-boyfriends. Seven. Oh, that's not that bad. All right, Glenn, you chose the movie, uh, so you get to do the synopsis. Uh, obviously, people, there will be spoilers. Um, so if you haven't seen it, pause the pod, go and watch it, come back, have a listen. Or don't, and listen and then decide. Well, that's true. Over to you, Glenn. All right. So in Toronto, 22-year-old Scott Pilgrim is a bassist for unsuccessful indie garage band Sex Bob Om. He's dating Knives Chow, a 17-year-old high school student, much to the disappro- disapproval of his friends in the band and his roommate and his younger sister. Um, Scott meets an American girl, Ramona Flowers, after having first seen her in a dream. He loses interest in knives but does not break up with her before pursuing Ramona. Um, when Sex bob on plays uh, in a battle of the bands, Scott is attacked by Ramona's ex-boyfriend, Matthew Patel. Scott defeats Patel and learns that in order to date Ramona, he must defeat her remaining six evil exes. 
Scott finally breaks up with Knives, who blames Ramona and swears to win him back. Meanwhile, Scott proceeds to get attacked by and defeats the next three of Ramona's exes, Hollywood actor and skateboarder Lucas Lee, uh, super-powered vegan Todd Ingram, and <laughs> ninja Roxy, Roxy Richter, um, while also confronting his own ex-pop star Envy Adams. However, Scott grows frustrated during the process, and after an outburst regarding Ramona's dating history, she breaks up with him. Um, at the next battle of the band, Sex bob defeats Ramona's fifth and sixth evil exes, the twins, Kyle and Ken Katayanagi, earning Scott an extra life. Um, despite this, Ramona appears to get back with her seventh evil ex, Gideon, um, who is a record uh, label guy. Sex Bobom accepts uh, a record deal from Gideon, except for Scott, who quits the band in, pro- in protest. Uh, Gideon invites Scott to his venue, the Chaos Theatre, where Sex Bobom is playing. Uh, resolving to win Ramona back, Scott challenges Gideon to a fight for her affection. Um, he earns the power of love sword when he declares his love for Ramona. Um, so he does it, not lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Knives interrupts the battle, attacking Ramona. And Scott is forced to reveal it. He cheated on both of them. Um, Gideon kills Scott. And that's the end. No. Um, (laughs) And Ramona visits him in limbo to reveal that Gideon has implanted her with a mind control device. Um, Scott uses his uh, free life that he got earlier and uh, comes back to the start of that level slash sequence. Um, At the Chaos Theatre, he goes back through, um, beats everyone up again really quickly. And this time he challenges Gideon, but he uh, says it, this time it's for himself, not to win Ramona back. He's doing it for himself. So he earns the power of respect sword. Self-respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, after apologizing to Ramona and Knives for cheating on them and accepting his own faults, Scott joins forces with Knives and they defeat Gideon. Now free from his control, Ramona prepares to leave. Knives accepts that her relationship with Scott is over. And at her encouragement, he... He leaves um, with Ramona to try again. It's a really quick synopsis. Yes, I just <laughs> read it out from Wikipedia. Mm. It's a very quick synopsis. Thought I'd brush through it. Mm. Did I miss much? I don't think so. <laughs> Sadly, no. I mean, I, it's there's a bit of roommate stuff I missed out, maybe. But um, yeah, this is, I mean, just a funny interactions. I think, mm. and there is a bit of fighting. Yes. So you know that. Obviously, it takes up a bit of movie yeah. time. The synopsis just strips away all the act, all the just great parts. <laughs> yeah, it takes away all the action and the interesting parts. Um, yeah, cast and characters. Michael, cast and character. Look, uh, one of the, the standouts for me is actually um, uh, Brandon Ruth, uh, who plays. Um, he was actually Superman and Superman Returns, and you know some TV shows that I like. Um, but the the super powered vegan, like it's just. It's just funny, that part. Like, um, yeah. So enjoyed his performance. Um, I think it's early in Anna Kendrick's career, so like, seems underutilized. But yeah, um, I think you know Michael Sarah's kind of amusing, and it's interesting. I guess like the interesting part about his performance is the, like, he's the unconventional action hero in this film. In a sense, he's not. It's all buff. He's not kind of ripped. He's just a you know, 
guys that looks like Glenn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was about to say lovable loser, and then you said it looks like Glenn. I thought I can't say that now. No, you can't. Oh, Glenn's not a loser. He's a champion. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like you know, he's, he, like that unconventional hero. So like that was that was nice. Um, uh, I think Mary Elizabeth. What's her last name? Winstead. Winstead. She was she was interesting. Um, and yeah, and then everything else is kind of just. Actually, uh, the guy that plays um, Wallace, Kieran Culkin, he was like that was kind of funny too. Like he was very relaxed in in his role, and it was kind of amusing. Yeah, had some good dry lines, mm. had some laughs. Yeah, um, and I think yeah, Jason Schwartzman's villain is kind of really a bit over the top too. That kind of fits with the surreal nature of this romantic action comedy film. <laughs> I thought the cast was really good. Um, I thought. Being based on a comic, um, the characters all just matched. I felt like just the look of them, just mm. they were well cast. I felt they matched the comic really well, um, which makes it, I guess, a lot easier for the uh, for actors, I think, to to do these roles when they have that source material and they have the mm. whole um, history of these characters. Um, have you looked at the comic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't. No, I haven't heard, seen it either. Um, I think it gives a good opportunity too for him to really ham it up, and mm. that's probably where I and I, where I struggle with the movie for about the first thirty minutes. Maybe we should have let Scott know this is based on a, you know, no, graphic it's, novel. It's nah. it's a bit, you know, I, for the thir- first thirty minutes, I just thought, what the fuck am I watching here? Seriously, <laughs> what, Glenn? You are now. Ba- I'm thinking to myself, how do we ban Glenn from choosing a movie? But um, <laughs> you can't. I just thought this is like a male. Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my God. He subjected me to a female one. Now he's giving me a male one. Like, what? It's funny because, um, like, you know, you we selected the film and um, and I and I said, like, you know, I'm intrigued. I've, I've, got a th- I've got a theory about how you'll feel about this. And I didn't say it. And, yeah, that basically was it. Like, you know, is that he's going to see this as a female Josie, a male Josie and the Pussycats. That's pretty much how I thought of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Sorry, Glenn. The music's a lot better in Josie and the Pussycats. It is. I agree. Um, yeah, anyway, cast and characters. I just thought they were all really good. I love Jason Swartzman. He's, he, I think, um, he had a lot of fun in this role because he mm. could, yeah, like be a bit over the top with it and get away with it. Um, I like the drummer. I thought she was really good. Um, and Ramona Flowers, she's just super cool. Um, she did that really well. And, yeah, Michael Zero is just – I really like him in a lot of things, so – yeah, I liked a lot of the cast. Yeah, I don't like Michael Sarah. And oh, really? He's just confirmed it for me. Um, I thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead was awesome as Ramona, and I thought they actually had a, some nice chemistry there for a while. Kieran Culkin was good. Uh, you're right, Michael. I think Anna Kendrick was underutilized. Um, and look, whether if this was done a little bit later, I wonder if whether they would have swapped Winstead and Kendrick. In their roles, uh, and given Anna Kendrick more of the driver's seat, um, but I thought the cast was good. Um, it was hammy, it was over the top, but yeah, I thought they all played their roles really well. Mm. Yeah, my other highlight that I was going to say was Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. Both of them were really funny. Mm. I thought really good. Any any of their scenes were fun. Speaking of scenes, mm. favorite scene. Oh. No, I 
don't have a favourite theme. It's just it's just little bits all over the place that I like. It's hard to have a favourite scene. I, I disagree. I think it's you can you could definitely point at parts of this film. Go, that is my favourite scene. Um, oh. The I think the vegan fight. Yeah, that was I think that'd be mine. Yeah, tied um, to vegan, and then he gets beaten and then taken over by the vegan police. Yeah. Really, that's your favourite scene out of the whole movie. Like <laughs> it's, it's a joke. It's one joke they drag out for a yeah. fight scene. It's like, yeah, it's oh, so that's not your favourite scene. No. Ah, see, we're working on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. I like probably the early first 10, 15 minutes. I really like just before all the fights start. Just the start, the starting the film, and just it's like you're watching a comic book. Um, mm. Just the way they introduce the characters, they introduce the locations, and they got the text up like a comic. And it's partially um, how it's edited as well, like it yeah. really snaps through some stuff like unconventionally and just kind of gone. It, it's and you get really... moments of that throughout later on as well, like in yeah. the fight scenes with the two split screen and stuff like that. But mm. just I feel like the opening sequences for the first ten minutes or so, where it was just really constant, the comic book sort of look. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I guess that of, was my favorite. It's yeah. sort of disorientating it in a way too, because you're just going. It's just these snap edits, and you're going from place to place to place, and you're like, "Hang on, what?" It's it, like without. But it takes a little bit to get your mind through it. Yeah, yeah, it works, and I think that's as I, as I was saying before. Like for the first thirty minutes, <laughs> what is this? And mm. then I think, yeah, I sort of, I guess, start just started to clue into the, that comic book style. Um, and from there, it was a lot more enjoyable um, run. Mm. Yeah. So your favourite scene, scene, Scott? Yeah, I think, yeah, Todd the Vegan. <laughs> All of the fight scenes were pretty were pretty fun. Mm. Um, I agree, Glenn, the first, well, for me, probably the first 10 to 15 minutes, I had no idea what was going on. But, yeah, I, it's yeah, probably a lot more jokes too through that first. There were some good punchy one-liners, especially from Wallace and, yeah, I had no idea what the hell was going on. That was one of my questions later on with the living situation. I'm going, what the fuck? Is this? I imagine it's the cost of living there. Yeah, probably. Mm. So, but no, it was yeah. I think I think the yeah Todd with the vegan. I know it's one joke that was stretched over a while, but I thought they actually did it quite well mm. and really took the piss out of vegans, which is I'm fully supportive of. Or did it really say vegans are amazing and they're pure, and then when you fall. Like, you know, by having a meat product, that's when you get your vegan powers taken away. Yeah, let's go the other way. Geez, <laughs> <laughs> we're flying through this. Other enjoyable aspects. Ooh, um, there's there's a lot of layers going on to in this field. And it's um it's very comic booky, but it's also very very uh, very video gamey. Mm. Um and I I think it's a you know, if you don't have a lot of that sort of um, background sort of like it'd be no, it's a hard film to get into like um, I, I get video games and I, I see those references and I understand there are comic books I don't read comic books and I think this is actually borrows a lot from um, Japanese sort of comics like that anime stuff yeah Um, that's probably never the right cat you know manga probably the, the right comic book area but the um, uh, I don't know that's a that's a Glenn thing Um, but like that kind of that sort of style is hard to kind of like, you know, is, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with both those things, it's probably a film that you can identify with more. Um, it's really interesting all the the written kind of text that floats up with action and or words or 
Um, and it's, you know, it's really cool filmmaking stuff in here with um, around dramatic lighting cues, like, you know, whether the lights will dip on a moment or, you know, things that are unrealistic in real life where Ramona is confronted about, like, you know, hey, Ramona, what, what, what do you mean by that? And then a lot of spotlight goes on it. Um, you know, that's that was some cool stuff. Um, some beautiful match cuts. Um, probably the one of the best ones is the um, when Wallace, you know, having fallen asleep next to um uh what's oh, his that was my other favorite Scott. moment yeah he's texting he's <laughs> a steamy sleep and it, like he's he's still in that bed and <laughs> and this is an edgar wright sort of thing and he, you, you see it in hot fuzz and a couple other films too where he he does a snap you know match cut um where something has changed in the scene and like you know in that particular one um wallace is still in uh there and it's daylight like it was it's you know nighttime and michael Sarah's character is there and then it cuts and he's not there, and you have uh, Scott go. Wallace lays wake up, but like, and it's like a really cool match cut. So things like that was really good. Um, yeah, and it's the the actual kind of the way he zooms around in some spots, like you know, moves like the camera zooms out um, during the uh, "You shall not debate Ramona" moment. I think early on. This it's really there's some really clever techniques in there for the film, um, and that's worth watching. Like you know, looking for those things. So yeah, and I could go on, but there's more. But you guys probably want to talk. <laughs> Gwen, it's hard to have other notable aspects when they're all so little and quick, and basically what Michael said, but without all the technical <laughs> nonsense. Um, like one example is like. The Seinfeld, where they cut back to the apartment, they play the Seinfeld music for a second, and it's like they have a bit of a sitcom thing for about a minute with the laugh track, and even the camera movement in that scene is like a sitcom. They just you know pull the camera across like it's a sitcom camera, and um, through the kitchen, just little things like that. Which I don't know why they just sprinkle them throughout. Just little, I guess, nods to different genres or different um, ways of making stuff. But I really like all that sort of little things that you may not notice but are there yeah and it's true that if you're not into video games or if you're not into comic books you, you probably wouldn't enjoy it as much as someone who is yeah hmm. it has like it, it has a distinctive visual style yes i think that's probably one of the mm. you know big things about it too that really kind of attaches to comic books um and your superhero comic book films don't there's nothing to do with comic books they just they've taken characters from comic books whereas this is yeah a film that borrows from the comics um, and it kind of, you know, it's a, and it's a live action video. Like there's another, um, Into the Spider-Verse was a great one that kind of really paid homage to comic books as well. And it was a, it's a great film. Um, yeah, like, but like for all, like, you know, I, I don't know if I really enjoyed the film that much, um, but it's really like the way it's done is really interesting. Yeah. I thought the special effects mm. throughout the movie were actually Really strong. Oh, the CGI and all that's very all the CGI perfect. and it probably how and it holds up, which not all movies you know from two thousand and ten and earlier do with a lot of the CGI stuff. So, yeah, I think this did. Hmm. I think and it really, really played within to the movie and really created that comic book feel. Yeah, and it's partially because it's that style as well. Like, the, mm. like it's it's using the the way animators. Um, draw like a like a scene to also put that into like you know a moving shot like they they add that to the whooshing kind of thing of a um 
of a frame in a comic book. And as Glenn said earlier, like, you know, the, the fight bits where they have the split screens and they did mm. that. They used that a lot during the whole film, like where they had multiple panels um, moving across as like you would on a re- read on a comic book. Yeah. yeah. And the score, there's a general rule. The the music throughout the movie wasn't too bad. Mm. As you said, probably not as good as Josie. No, but, no, um, no one here. But I thought, you know, it added, <laughs> it added something certainly to the movie. Hmm. No. Some really cool stuff with it. Yeah. And again, it sort of had that Edgar Wright punchiness in terms of the humour and just a really strong script. It was mm. well written and it was funny and kept you kept me engaged. So all the positive things you're saying. Expecting <laughs> a good score. Just Possibly. This is the first or second film we did or third. What number do we know? Who, whose film? Um, Edgar Wright. Oh, this is after, this is way much later than, this is after Hot Fuzz. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. This is after World after World's End, pretty sure. No. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. It was Shaun of the Dead. Um, and then it was. No, it's, pre, it's pre-World's End. Yeah, it was Shaun of the Dead first, and then it was a bunch of others, and then it was this. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, there you go. Uh, question, queries, tidbits. Hmm. My only question was, what's what's the go with their living arrangement? It seems <laughs> weird. They're, it's a one bedroom, or it seems like a one or two bed, one or two it's like a studio room apartment. apartment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with one bed, with two people sleeping in it. Four people. Oh, okay. Four well, worlds in. Sorry. Um, that was really the only question that I had off the top of my head. I think it's just funny. Well, maybe it's actually to do with the comic, like you know, has yeah, it maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, the big city of Toronto, maybe can't afford a place. Doesn't have a job. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, did you, did you ask about the living situation? Yeah. Oh, the answer to all these questions is that's how it was in the book. So yeah, you can't really, I mean, if you're adapting a comic book or whatever, it's pretty easy to get out of having to... Justify anything. Yeah. Well, how close is it to the comic book? It's pretty close. Because I know that... um, At least the first, I can only really remember the first book and it's very, yeah, very close. Hmm. Because there's like a, there's a lot of adaptations of, um, you know, all the you know Marvel and DC sort of comics into TV shows and that kind of thing, and um, writers for those things kind of take you know they'll borrow stories that exist, but they'll kind of usually, you know, take them in a different direction. Whereas sometimes films are, you know, adapted to the like you know from their source material pretty closely. Yeah, pretty sure this is close. Hmm. If I remember right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to read the comic. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Any um, other questions? Pop to mind? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's such a it's, interesting it's, film. It's, it's hard, a hard to really... It's a hard, yeah, like I was, not really a question, I guess, but more of a thought is for someone who, like, say, Scott, who's going into this movie not having any idea about what it's about or what it's based on it's i feel like it could be a totally different experience if you didn't have sort of didn't read the blurb or didn't have someone say this is a crazy film where crazy stuff it's not mm. real you know it's not based in real life for example you know people flying through the air having sword fights yeah you know it's like what you, i can imagine being a bit thrown if you didn't know anything well, before you a- went into it because i don't really set it up in the film as that until it just happens and it's just like yeah 
can be a bit jarring. It's only really that I noticed that it said based off the comic, um, yeah, by whoever it was. Um, so it was really only that I noticed that that, and as I said, like for the first yeah twenty or thirty minutes, I'm thinking, <laughs> what, what? Is, what is this? And then <laughs> then it just you sort of yeah pulls you into it and makes it a bit easier. Um, so it was like that for sure. And I kept thinking it was similar. They're not similar movies, but like Ready Player One, mm. um, where it's all about, yeah, computer games and all that sort of thing. Um, but you sort of know that going in, so you're sort of yeah. ready for it. Um, but even if not, it's like, you know, there's a there's a lot of pop culture that yeah people would be aware of. Like, you know, it's, it's got those, um, the main character drives the DeLorean. You know, as a as a car, you know that all that sort of stuff. Everyone's heard of an Atari. Yeah, well, I assume everyone's heard of an Atari. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, and and I guess that's also based off the source material. Um, whereas, I guess, yeah, this source material is less familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, trivia, Michael. Trivia. Um, okay. The four cast members that made up the band are Sex Bomb. Bob Bomb. Don't know if I'm saying that. Spent several weeks learning how to play together as a band. Mark Webber, Alison Pill, and Johnny Simmons all had to learn their instruments from scratch, while Michael Cera had to dumb down his bass playing in order not to outshine his bandmates. (laughs) He could have been better. He should have won that bass bass off. I was actually wondering whether he, whether, yeah, he actually did play the bass himself within the movie. Hmm. Um, Edgar Wright obtained permission to use the famous theme music from the um, what's that? The Super Nintendo Entertainment System game, The Legend of Zelda, by writing a letter to Nintendo, <laughs> saying that it is considered to be the nursery rhyme of this generation. I don't think that's our generation. Um, uh, several sound effects from the game can also be uh, heard throughout the scenes in Scott's band practice room. Wright was also allowed to use Seinfeld theme music for a sitcom style sequence. Um, at the party where he talks to Ramona for the first time, Scott holds up a very badly drawn picture of Ramona and asks mm. if anyone has seen her. Director Edgar Wright said Scott was originally supposed to hold off a picture of Ramona from the uh, comic book series, but felt the silly drawing Scott holds up was more comedic. Actually, I'd funny. written that down as one of my favourite bits, I forgot to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, Edgar Wright has stated the movie was done in the style of a musical, but instead of the characters breaking into song and dance, they break into a fight. The battle between Scott Pilgrim and Matthew Patel is done in the style of a Bollywood fight scene. Yeah. Hmm. Um, when Scott opens the door to receive his package, Michael Sarah actually did throw the package over his shoulder into the bin after 33 takes, most of uh, which I've seen on the outtakes of the DVD. In a film with so much CGI and SFX, Ed, uh, director... <laughs> Edgar Wright wanted to be uh, through the uh, to be real for the authenticity. How the signature sh- uh, shown on screen was a visual effect superimposed onto the paper. Um, the eight-bit Universal logo at the beginning of the film was Edgar Wright's idea. It was then designed by his brother Oscar Wright, the concept designer and storyboard artist on the film. The logo seen in the final film was actually only a first draft. Um. Oh, Edgar Wright told his casting director not to hire any English actors, as this was his first North American film. Uh, Satya Bahaba, who played Matthew Patel, uh, successfully passed the audition with a non-English accent. Bahaba later revealed he was from London, England. Oh. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead memorized all of all of the kinds of tea that her character rambles. Uh, crew members kept offering her for her just to read it from a piece of paper, but she insisted on learning it all of it. Um, let's do one more. To avoid an R rating, the word fuck said by Envy to Julie had to be bleeped out because Scott Pilgrim calls Todd Ingram a cocky cock earlier in the film. That said, that was some funny, the, the use of the sensor box yeah. as a visual yeah. joke. Yeah, they do that funny. well. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when they're like, how are you doing that with your mouth? Like, so they actually <laughs> reference it like in the world, in their actual world. <laughs> and I guess like, you know, you go in with a sword to like, you know, how do you avoid an R rating? They burst into coins, much like they do in video games. Yeah. Um, the stunt doubles of Lucas Lee are the actual stunt doubles for actor Chris Evans. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Mm. I know it makes sense, you know. Um, all right, Michael Sarah admitted that whilst filming in the record store, he ended up buying a lot of albums. Mm. And we'll leave it there. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Final thoughts and rating. Jeez, we've flown through this. Mm. Um, obviously... We rate out of 10, 10 being a great movie, zero being a terrible movie, and five oh. being somewhere in the middle. Mm. I'll go last. Glenn will go last. Michael. Okay, I'll, I'll go. go to you first. Um, this film, whilst like, you know, technically quite well done, um, like I really struggle to engage with it in some ways. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's partially Michael Sarah, but I mean, you know, he's like his, his performance is fine and, it's kind of there's some funny jokes in there, um, and some nice sequences. But um, this is my third viewing. The first time I watched, it, I thought, Ugh, "This is terrible." Second time, I thought, oh, "It's better than I thought it was." And the third time, it's like you know, that's no, about as it's about where I thought it was. So um, <laughs> you know, and so I, I enjoy parts of it, but I don't. It's not like a a fun film in terms of like you know story and characters. I, I get a kick out of the the technical elements that are in it. So, uh, I'm going to do 5.5. 5.5. <laughs> that was Glenn. <laughs> what did That's I do, Josie? Uh, three or something. Three, justified. Mm. Um, so, I did. I said at the start that this is like a male version of, of Josie and the Pussycats, uh, which I did only give a three, Glenn. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That, that was a bit ridiculous. No, it's justified. The difference with this, though, is that it. No, I think it knows what it is and actually the similar sort of campy, hammy sort of performance that you had in both, this one actually had it as effectively as a comic book, hmm. which I think suited it. It was over the top and once I got my head around that, um, I found it a lot more enjoyable of a ride than I did Josie and I think that was simply because of the way it was structured. It also feels very cartoony, I suppose. In that it regard. does, yeah. and it, it, it certainly plays to that. I mean, obviously, they're both based on cartoons, cartoons, mm. or comic books. Um, yeah. But this one really did treat itself as a comic book, that you know, effectively on the movie screen. Whereas Josie, like you were saying before, where you, your Marvel movies and things like that are, are basically comic book characters that are put into a movie. That's what mm. that was. This is basically a comic book. On screen. Yep. Um, so once I got my head around exactly what I was watching after being completely confused for the first 20 to 30 minutes and thinking, cursing Glenn under my breath, <laughs> um, I actually found it just a really enjoyable romp. Mm. It was completely stupid at times. I'm not a big fan of Michael Sarah. 
um, as a general rule, he wasn't too bad in this. I thought the support cast was pretty good. What, what, what makes you not a fan of him? I don't know. He just annoys me. All right. I don't know. Is there something in particular that you've seen that you just that did it for you? Or? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just. And look, it's obviously just his manner and how he how he acts. He's that awkward sort of. It just. Sort of oh, you can't identify him like with him like I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say anything there, Glenn, but yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I'm actually going to give this a six. Uh, I I look. Would I watch it again? Probably not anytime soon, but I, I enjoyed it. It kept me entertained for under two hours. So, yeah, I'm going to go a six. Did you just go above my score so you can make sure yours is a, you know, your average I, is a bit higher? I'd actually written it down already. I had written <laughs> no, it down already. Average. See? Oh, okay. All right. See, I had, I promise you, I had written it down already. Yes. And I did say, fun ride once I got over the weirdness. Hmm. Was my <laughs> words. Actually, one of my notes right at the start was weird start. What am I watching? <laughs> What journey are you taking me on? But um, no, in the end, six. <sighs> Glenn, over to you. I give it an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's fun to watch. It's not perfect, but well, it probably is perfect if you're into that, you know, if you're a big fan of this sort of thing. Um, it is close. But um, for me, yeah, I'd say eight's a fair score um, just because... I know, I'm the opposite to you. The fight sequences for me are a little bit like, oh, come on, get on with it. I want more story. I want more, you know, plot and to progress there. But um, so, yeah, if I was into the fight scenes as much as everyone else, maybe I'd give it higher. But like eight, eight's my score. That's a very good score, Glenn. Yeah. Generous. <laughs> very, some would say. So uh, five and a half, a six and an eight gives us a score of 19.5. Which does put us put it into the second position. Yeah, look at that top two. Yes, not bad. The well, the start. first your first movie in the last season was our top rated movie. Yes, that's true. For one week, um, <laughs> obviously we did do Baby Driver, which did give us a twenty six. Uh, however, nineteen point five, Glenn, higher than adaptation. So you're off to a better start than you were last season. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Um, oh, quick run through socials. Obviously, we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Audible. Uh, also on Twitter, at Cinematic Leap is our handle. And on Facebook, uh, just search for Cinematic Leap. Um, if you can like our pages uh, and obviously follow us uh, where you find your podcasts, it helps other people find us uh, and leave a rating for us. Hopefully a good one because it'll make us feel all warm and fuzzy and, again, helps others find us. Hmm. And we need to be found. We do. We'd love to be found. Yeah. I don't really care. (laughs) 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 Ah, Glenn. Uh, Now, Michael, it's time for our... Cinematic League. All right. So, Glenn, you get to sit out. Yep. This. You get to relax, sit back, just see where we're going to take this. Mm. I get to choose the leaper. Michael, you get to choose the movie. Mm. I mean, I've got some hopes here. I mean, Chris Evans is a is a good one. Yes. Yep. And, and you know, you, you're probably thinking this is, you know, if I pick him, maybe Mike's going to pick a Marvel Cinematic Universe one. I do think that, yes. Maybe I will, maybe you won't. I do have, actually, I do have a, I have a, good, a really cool film if you do pick up Chris Evans, but I'm not going to rely on it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. And it's not it's not a Marvel film. No, 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 that's yeah. fine. But, uh, you know, and yeah, I've some interesting cast members to choose from. 
and or crew. I haven't looked at the crew too much. That's a fail. You should look, always look at the crew. Um, you never know when you're going to find a Robert Roberto Rodriguez to deliver. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, but I'm actually choosing out of two, which is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, mm-hmm. which is really just for one movie. I'm hoping oh, that you're. Okay. Ho- I'm hoping that you pick if I choose her, uh-huh. uh, or Anna Kendrick, who's right. got some interesting movies uh, in her back catalogue. Yeah, she's got all those acapella ones. She does. We've got, yeah, the Pitch Perfect movies. Mm. A Simple Favour, a good movie that she's in. Uh, she's also in The Accountant, which I enjoyed, which is a Ben oh, Affleck film. Yeah. Which was an interesting movie. It was a good film. Um, I mean, it still is a good film. But... Yeah. Whereas Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think, is really just in Die Hard for... Oh, Hart, which I do know. I do. I know that you do like that I one. Do like that one. That and good. it's actually got some good options to leap from. Just along Timothy Elephant, Maggie Q, mm. and of course the great man Bruce Willis. Yep, prolific actor. He has. He's got some very good movies. Mm. Some very bad movies as well. He's a prolific actor. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think I'm going to go Mary Elizabeth Winstead just mm-hmm. purely because I do hope that you pick. All right. What sort of options she's got? Not a lot. Um, ooh, oh. Birds of Prey. That's a, that's a comic book film. It is. Uh, you know, I've always been fascinated by Swiss Army Man, like with Daniel Radcliffe, um, but never enough to actually kind of go, yeah, I'm watching it. There's a good movie called Kate, which is a good action film. If Sky High is a good movie. Oh, I don't think I can get my head around that one. It's great. Um, I feel like a superhero movie. It's a good one. Oh, I could tell you what. I tell you what. Feel Die Hard film. I'm not doing, and that's a good day to Die Hard. Number five. That was a terrible film. But it should be. It should be struck from the Die Hard. Well, album. yeah, it should be. It's not a great movie. Hmm. To my man. What about Death Proof? That gets us to Tarantino. Yeah, wasn't a big fan of Death Proof. It was interesting, though. Um, Lots to talk about. You know, I think we are going to go with uh, oh. Die Hard 4. Yeah. Live for our Die Hard. Mm. Was it, it was Die Hard 4.0 in Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. it was Die, Die Hard 4.0 here. Yeah. Oh, she was also in The Thing. Let's do that now. Oh. I've chosen. I know. I tried to watch that and I didn't get through it. So what, I'll Live for our Die Hard? Yeah. They're, they're number four. Yeah. Really? I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. It was a, a, oh. a good update of the genre. I'll try again, I guess. Mm. Yeah. We'll have no choice now. Hmm. Beautiful. All right. So, everyone, we'll see you back next time for Die Hard 4.0. Live free or die hard. Take the Chevy to the living. And like that, he's gone. Ah! In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap.